happy, happy Father's Day to all of the fathers, grandfathers, and fathers-to-be that are in the house today. Amen? Just like in that video, God gives us special grace to learn how to manage those buttons. And so, this morning, I want to talk just briefly. And before I do that, I want to give honor to whom honor is due. When it comes to fathers, the gold standard, bar none, is our Heavenly Father. Amen? The gold standard is our Heavenly Father. So this morning, as we appreciate all of you, my brothers, fathers, we thank God for each and every one of you. And our prayer and our hope is that you will eat the very best of the land. You will eat the very best of the harvest of all of your labor for all of those times where your buttons have been pushed. Amen? And in this house, I want to thank God for the Father that God himself has given us in this house. I want to give thanks to God. And I know I speak for many of you when I say to Pastor Bank, Papa, thank you. Thank you. We appreciate you. We celebrate you. We thank God for the man that he has made you. We thank God for the examples that you have shown us. We thank God for how you have been a mentor to each and every one of us. We thank God that you have not failed us and you have not failed God in your role as our father, our spiritual father in this house. Amen. Thank you. Hallelujah. 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 In this house, our vision is building strong families and serving global communities everywhere. And because we build strong families, we know that the head of the family is God, our Father. And he has given each and every one of us roles. One of those roles is what we're celebrating, is who we're celebrating today. We're celebrating fathers. Fathers. So for a, for a, a topic or a subject, I would say that today I want to speak regarding fathers as channels of God's grace. Amen. Amen? See, Father's Day is designated as a time to celebrate fathers. Amen? And sometimes, you know, we find that we live in a culture where fathers are sometimes ridiculed. They are sometimes dismissed as deadbeats. You know, um, but holidays like today or Father's Day, Mother's Day, they provide us an excellent opportunity, you know, for us to reflect as fathers on important principles and events. Think about some of those personal failures. Recalibrate towards the good and the right and resolve 
by God's grace, to, to persevere towards right living by God's grace. See, Father's Day should remind every one of us as fathers that God-fearing parents of all ages have been concerned about how their children should continue to walk in the truth. We think back to the father of promise, Abraham. In Genesis 18:19, God testified of Abraham saying that he will know to command his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing righteousness and justice. Fast track over 2,000, late, over 2000 years later. The great apostle John in 1 John 3, 4 says, I have no greater joy. Yes than to hear my children are walking in the truth. Amen? See, while we as earthly fathers were an important source of the genetic makeup of our children, we're an important source, but guess what? Our heavenly father, Jesus Christ, he is the ultimate source of our lives, amen? He knew us before we were conceived, before we were even formed in our mother's womb. In Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5, he says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you and I ordained you as a prophet to the nations. So while we're talking about fathers today, I want to draw some parallels between earthly fathers and our heavenly fathers. Our heavenly father, amen? We know that fathers are the source of life. Genetically, without the seed of a father, you cannot have life, amen? So fathers have an important part in contributing to the lives of their children. So for us as fathers, as we lead our children, we should help them to recognize how their heavenly father is the source of all life. Amen? Amen. We should also emphasize that God's plan is the path to abundant life. John chapter 10, verse 10, the B part. He says, I have come so that they may have abundant life, life more abundant. Amen? And when we accept Jesus Christ, his son, as our Lord and Savior, he gives us a new life. And in that new life, we are adopted into the Father's family. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Another thing that we do as fathers, we lovingly correct our children. Amen? As the true father, God, God discipline, his discipline and his correction are always done out of love. If you look at Hebrews 12, chapter 6, Hebrews 12, verse 6, it tells us, he says, for whom the Lord loves, he chastens, he corrects. 
and scourges every son whom he receives. Yes. Amen? But he does it based out of what? Out of love. Yes. Amen? And so we should help our children in their everyday decisions and interactions with others how we feel God's prudence towards those in those decisions that reflect his love and his truth and how our spirit man convicts us when we choose to disobey amen because at times we will do that children will do that Amen? As parents, as fathers, we provide for the needs of our family. The father is a provider. So, we should find opportunities as fathers to always point out to our children all the ways that God provides for our needs. One of the things that I love to do with my family is when God brings substance into our into my hands they know it and from time to time I remember when my son first started his undergraduate um, studies he did not get a full scholarship he got in there he got a scholarship but it was not a full scholarship we needed some substance but somehow, by the supernatural grace of God, God made provision when he finished his undergraduate degree, he owed zero Amen. to the glory of God. Yes. And so we point that out to them, how God meets all those needs. Amen? Yes. Matthew chapter 7, 11 tells us that if we, being evil, know how to give good gifts yes. to our children, how much more... Yes. Our Heavenly Father, who gives us all good gifts. Amen? Also, we impart wisdom. Fathers impart wisdom. We, as fathers, should help our children to learn life skills and encourage them in their God-given gifts and talents. But more importantly, we should help them to see that true wisdom comes from only one source. Amen. Amen? James chapter 1 verse 5. He says, whoever lacks wisdom, he says, let him ask. And the Lord gives liberally, without reproach, and it will be given to him. Amen? Amen. So, the source of God's wisdom is in his word. It's in his word. 1 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16. 1 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16. It says, And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. That's not what I'm looking for. 2 Timothy, I apologize. That was my... 2 Timothy chapter 3. It says, all scripture, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof or correction and for instruction in righteousness. Amen? Amen. And lastly, when our children err, when they err, he always welcomes us back. Amen. When our children 
do some of those things that you saw in the video when they push those buttons. Some special, some more special buttons than others. We forgive our children when they mess up. We try to help them make better choices in the future. However, we should help them recognize that this is just a glimpse of God's role in our lives. God is the ultimate model of forgiveness. Amen? Amen? All of us mess up. We all do. But our true Father, our Heavenly Father, is constantly on the watch for our return. Running to us with joy when we turn back to Him. We look at the story that we all know about. Luke chapter 15. In verses 11 to 32, and I will just paraphrase that. We always read that story. In fact, Pastor ministered on this a few years ago. He changed our paradigm of that story. That story, everybody calls it the prodigal son. The story of the prodigal, prodigal son. Right? However, we learned that it is not the story of the prodigal son. It is the story of the prodigal father, the prodigal love of a father. This son had taken all of his inheritance and left off and lived righteously, wasted all the resources, ended up in penury, was living in a strange land. And when he came to himself, he said, I will go. I will get up and go to my father's house. And ask him so that I could be one of his servants. But what did the father do? As soon as he saw him coming from afar off, he ran towards him and embraced him. We know the story. That is the prodigal love of our father. That is the love of God. Amen? I believe, I want to believe no man ever sets out to be a bad father or a, uh, or a deadbeat dad. The challenge for most of us is that we do not have any kind of formal training. There's no school. You know, you go to school to be a doctor, a lawyer, a, a, a accountant. A, you go to school to become so many, you learn so many things. But there is no school of formal training on how to be a good or God-fearing Father. Amen? I think back, this reminds me of a commercial, a TV commercial that many of you will know, but those of you that are sports fans will know this one. It's the Gatorade commercial where Michael Jordan was at the peak of his career. And the commercial basically goes something like this. It says... Sometimes I think, sometimes I think that he is me. I wish I could fly, want to be like Mike. It's a very catchy tune. Many of you will remember it. That song, that commercial was so popular at that time, during that season, because many people just saw the supernatural things or the, the, the highly superhuman things that this man could do at the peak of his career. 
When we think about that, and many of us say, you know, sing that song. Many young people sang, sang that song. Became a catchy tune. Want to be like Mike. How about fathers? Want to be like God. Want to be like God. Sometimes I wish that he is me. So as fathers, I'd like for us to just focus. And I think Pastor Larry shared on this. Two weeks ago when he talked about living like Jesus, he kind of gave us an insight on how to live like Jesus. So even though today I'm speaking concerning, I'm speaking to just us as fathers, but I'm really speaking to all of us. Amen? See, the truth is, we are God's children. So for this, if you just open with me to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 to 6 in the New Living Translation, NLT. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 to 6. He says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms, because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us to be in, in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do. And it gave him great pleasure. Verse 6. So we praise God for the glorious grace, the glorious grace that he has poured on us, poured out on us who belong to his dear son. Amen? See, from this scripture we see that we are sons and daughters of the most high God. Because he has adopted us. When you adopt, you basically take on the identity of the father. So we are his sons and daughters because his spiritual DNA has been given to us. And so we come into his new life of grace by faith in Jesus Christ. Amen? See, if you've been a part of this local body, or if you're joining us for the first time, I know you've heard so much about grace. See, there's so many definitions of grace. Some say grace is just unmerited favor. Uh, it is it's unmerited mercy, it's unmerited favor uh, that God gave to humanity by sending his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross, thereby securing our eternal salvation from sin. Some say grace is the help given by God because God desires, it's his desire for us to have it. Not necessarily because of anything that we've done, to earn it, but he decided for us to have it. But I say to you, grace is a person. Amen. Grace 
is a person. And that person is Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen? And because we have his DNA in us, he has poured so much grace into us. To help me drive home what I'm trying to say here, I want you to imagine some geographical terms. And Dr. Onofiak is not here to help me. But this one is really very simple. Right here locally in Atlanta today, we are experiencing showers of blessing. Yes. But what I want to describe is not just the showers. This one is very simple. I want to describe the torrential kind of rain. I don't know if you've ever been in some of this where really it's pouring down to where visibility is completely zero. Amen? So imagine that torrential kind of rain as God's grace. Amen? And there are two types of geographical terms or contrasting bodies of water. Okay? One is a pool or a pond. Amen? A pool or a pond is a body of still water. It's usually fresh. It's a, uh, a reservoir. Water goes into it and nothing flows out. Okay? And on the other hand, the other is a channel or a river. A channel or a river is a wide strait or a waterway between two land masses that lie close to each other and it helps to direct the course of the water. And where am I going with this? Luke chapter 12 verse 48. He says, to whom much is given, much more shall be required. Amen? Freely have we received, so freely give. So I have a question for us as fathers. In light of those two bodies of water that I described, would you describe yourself more as a pool of grace? Because remember that torrential rain that I described is God's grace. Would you describe yourself more as a pool of grace or a channel of grace? See, a channel shares the grace with others that God has so lavished on them. While a pool, on the other hand, hoards all God's grace for him or herself. Failing to pass along God's undeserved loving kindness. See, what I just want us to know, I want to encourage us today. Anytime we find ourselves more pool-like than channel-like, it's time for us to reflect on God's undeserved grace in our own lives. Amen? amen. See, when we truly understand and grasp the depth of God's grace, we would not dare withhold grace from others. 
See, we're not just called to bathe in grace. We are called to shower this grace upon others. That is our calling. We carry his spiritual DNA. See, we say, most of us would say we're recipients of grace. See, grace itself has not been fully experienced until when it is fully expressed to others. Thank you. Amen. The deeper we understand grace, the more we see the necessity of making it the fabric of our Christian life. So who is that person that you need to show more grace to? It begins with our children, our homes. It begins in our schools, in our workplaces. It begins with everyone that we meet. The only way that people will recognize that you are the child of your father one that is full of grace, one that is the person of grace, is that we ourselves be channels of grace. Amen? So everything that we have, everything that we will be, depends solely on God's lavish grace working in our lives. Amen? So how then... You ask me, can I get to be more of a channel of God's grace? And I'm so glad you asked the question. I am so glad you asked the question. Let's go to 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1, 2 and 3. It says, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by his glory and virtue. The scripture tells us that God has given us everything we need. Everything that pertains to life and godliness. Everything we need to be like him. He has already given it to us. Amen? So in those moments, at those times, somebody says, you know, it's tough to show grace to some people. Some people just, they're just going to take your grace. The grace that you show to them, they're just going to take it for granted. They're just going to continue to use and abuse you. In fact, I was talking with someone just this past week. And I talked to them about just continue to show grace. And they said to me, well, you know, it's the same word of God that says we should not cast uh, the pearls before swine. Yes, they could be swine, but we have a responsibility. We are carriers of his grace. The way God deals with us, some of us have acted worse than swine. But in spite of that, in spite of that, there is nothing that we can do that will take the grace of God away from us. As 
long as we come to him and know that he is and he is the source of all grace. As long as we remain connected to him. That grace will always be available. So we need to just pray and ask him for help. He's our father. He's there. Remember what we said? He's just constantly waiting. All we've got to do is ask. Remember, we did not deserve his grace either. We did not deserve his grace. But he will always freely give to us help when we need it. Amen? Amen. Another scripture, 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18. And this really helps us to take it home. This really helps us to take it home. Amen? It says, but grow in the grace of the no- and grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and forever. Amen. And so you ask me the question, and I know you're asking me a lot of questions. How do I grow? How do I grow in God's grace? How do I grow in God's grace? I'm glad you asked the question. Very practical and very simple. Yet it's something that many of us take for granted. First of all, we need to spend a daily lifestyle of discipline in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. How do I get to know Jesus the more? Because see, the more that you know the Father, the more you are able to reflect His nature in you. You are a new creature. You have a new identity. You and I, as fathers and as believers, really, we need to spend time in knowing Him more. Study and spend time in His Word. When we study and spend time in His Word, His Word becomes a life to us. Because He says, my words, they, yes, they are life. Amen? And so we, and I know we live in a society that is so busy. We've got to get up, get the children to school. We've got to uh, go to work and, you know, uh, somebody else needs your help here and there. But it takes this discipline. It is a spiritual discipline that each and every one of us needs to have. Study and spend time in his word. Secondly, abide in him. Pastor has been teaching us this last few weeks on Jesus, who is our loving gardener. How we continue, the only way that we can continue to abide in him is by remaining connected to him. He says, I am the vine and you, us, we are the branches. As the vine, we must remain connected to the source. See, the challenge or the reality for most of us is that 
One moment we're connected. When that coworker comes around and brings you the stack of papers, we've already stepped out of being connected. And when that coworker comes up, something other than grace comes out. The key, the key for us is we must remain connected to him. See, because of our own selves, we can do nothing. But when we are connected to him, when we remain connected to him, when we abide in him, no matter what comes up, when your children press those buttons, those special buttons, when that co-worker just waits until 4.30 p.m., 4.45 p.m., and then brings you those things, says, this has to be done before five. Guess what? Because you are connected to him, you respond as a channel of grace. Amen? Another thing that we can do, which is another discipline, is talking more to him in prayer. Talk more to him in prayer. And see, prayer is not just a one-way thing. We just don't come to the Father. Father, I need grace. You know, uh, what Bera did the other day, I just... But the challenge is, is not just a one-way thing. Communication is when the message sent and the response line up. So in place of prayer, we want to spend time by not just talking to God, but also by doing what? Listening. Listening. Listen more for his voice. Listen more to his voice. God is always speaking. He is always speaking. So we need to listen more. And as we listen more, because we spent time in his word, we're able to yield and do what he says. Amen? And then, lastly, we don't want to leave by emotions. Last week, Pastor taught us about the true agape love of God. The agape love of God is not about feelings. It's not about emotions. It is a decision. So, we should try not to live by our emotions. Amen? Our emotions and our feelings, they are what? They're temporal. I feel this. I feel that. They're temporal. However, the Word of God, His agape love, commands us to just live by His standard by his way. It's a lot of times it's contrary to what we feel. Amen? It is contrary. So we got to be more intentional about listening to that still uh, inner voice of his spirit. Amen? And so as fathers, I just want to encourage us. We're presented with opportunities to be a pool 
or a channel of God's grace. My prayer for us today is that we will be more channel than pool. And if that is you, and you're trusting God for a way to be more of a channel of God's grace than pool, first of all, you've got to be connected to his family. Yes. Amen? It begins with that. So if that is you, I just want to pray for you this morning. Amen? Amen? I just want to pray for you this morning. It's a very simple prayer. Heavenly Father, I come before you. I confess you as my Lord and Savior. And today I am made a new creature. I am adopted into your family. I am your son. I am your daughter. So shall it be in Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer, I believe you've given your life to Jesus Christ. We want to hear from you. We want to be able to follow up with you. Reach out to us. Um, and all of that information will be provided for you. But for my brothers, again, I say happy Father's Day. Let us go out there by his grace to be more channels of God's grace than being pools of God's grace. God bless you. Happy Father's Day.